Hello again. Welcome to the Asian Education Podcast, which is brought to you by the UNESCO Chair at Kyushu University in association with the Comparative Education Society of Asia. I'm Edward Vickers, and dedicated listeners to this podcast may recall that the previous episode featured a conversation between me and Professor Krishna Kumar, which I recorded when I visited him in Chandigarh in May this year, 2023. Now, we spent most of that interview discussing the major curriculum reform that Krishna led when he was director of India's National Council for Educational Research and Training, or NCERT, in the early 2000s. And as we did so, Krishna noted with some satisfaction that that NCERT curriculum and the associated textbooks had remained basically unchanged in the nine or so years, almost a decade, since the Hindu nationalist BJP came to power at national level in India in 2014. But only two weeks after we recorded that interview, that situation drastically changed because it was announced that significant cuts would be made to the NCERT textbooks for a range of subjects from history and politics to science and geography. So Krishna and I decided that we needed to record an extended postscript to our earlier interview so that we could discuss the implications of these textbook revisions for education and for Indian politics and society more broadly. So that's why we're back again this time uh, for a conversation that uh, I think is highly topical and therefore I hope of interest to many of our listeners. Right. Well, um, we're picking up our conversation, uh, Krishna, where we left off just over a month ago when you were saying that the curriculum that you were responsible for um, designing or overseeing the design of at NCERT had not only survived, but I feel a little bit bad about quoting you. You said it not only survived, but sustained with splendid stability. Now, within about two or three weeks of our conversation where you said that, the the situation rather changed. Um, So would you like to tell us how it's changed and... Why? Uh, And first of all, I mean, what do you see as the most significant aspects of the recent changes that have been made to the NCERT textbooks? Yes. Uh, The stability that the earlier um, curriculum framework of 2005 enjoyed uh, was actually at two levels. Uh, One level was the uh, federal or central uh, system of uh, schools affiliated to the central board of secondary education. Uh, They have uh, the mandate for using NCRT's textbooks. Now, these schools are, as you know, somewhat uh, elite schools. Most of them are private, and there are a few schools run directly by the central government. So, the stability in the curricular uh, perspective of the 2005 framework uh, was sustained by them uh, for a remarkable length of time. Mm. And the, uh, the other level of stability was in the states 
which had um, opted to reprint NCRT's textbooks under a copyright fee. Um, this was quite a remarkable achievement of the 2005 framework that several states um, opted to use NCRT's textbooks um, at different levels. Uh, some of them at the senior level of uh, grade 11 and 12. Even a state like Kerala did that. Mm. And the uh, smaller states like Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh and others, uh, you decided to seek copyright for several other <coughs> grade levels. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Sorry, there's a, I mean, there's a slightly in place. there's a slightly complex sort of situation here, perhaps for those who aren't familiar with the situation in India, which is that uh, there are a number of schools sort of directly under the authority of the union government, which would use the NCERT uh, textbooks. Uh, but then there are other schools, far more schools that fall under the authority of state governments and in states that choose to adopt the NCERT curriculum and textbooks, uh, those schools will also um, use that curriculum. Yes, they have the option. Yeah. Now, what is uh, also necessary here is to um, point out that the bigger states, India's uh, bigger states, don't use NCRT textbooks. They uh, use textbooks that they develop themselves. Uh, all the uh, states in Western India, Southern India, for example, the bigger states like Maharashtra, Tamil Nadu, uh, right. they develop their own books and have nothing to do with NCRT textbooks. Bengal is also similar. They doesn't use any NCRT textbook. So anyhow, be that as it may be, um, the point is that the stability which the NCRT textbooks enjoyed lasted for a remarkable length of time that nobody expected. Because when this present government at the center uh, came into being, uh, that was about nine years ago now, 2014, uh, it was expected that suddenly there will be a very serious uh, disruption in textbooks but it didn't happen and now eight years later or nine years later rather 2023 now now the change has begun to happen and in the very first instance the NCRT and the uh, central board have decided to uh, delete a, a very substantial portion of the textbooks produced by NCRT under the 2005 framework. Now, as you know, deletion is a very crude math method of changing the curriculum. If you uh, delete certain portions of the textbook and say that uh, this marks a, 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 a shifting of syllabus, a change in syllabus itself, and therefore these portions will not be used for public examinations, uh, if you do all that, then you create a very serious uh, problem of uh, any kind of coherence in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And children have to simply adapt to this new situation, uh, whether they understand or not, um, uh, how one portion of a curriculum links to the other. That's the, the, the new 
these deletions that have been announced just now um, uh, are quite remarkable for the incoherence in the curriculum that they introduce. So, for example, um, I mean, what do these deletions consist of? Yes, for example, uh, as everybody expected, they consist of a very substantial part of medieval history uh, that is uh, associated with Mughal uh, rulers, great rulers like Akbar and Jahangir and so on. Um, in, in the history textbooks, a considerable part of that medieval period has simply been chopped off. Now, in science, for example, uh, the theory of evolution that is associated with Charles Darwin has been just deleted from the grade 10 syllabus and textbooks, which is absolutely amazing because uh, if you don't understand evolution, how will you make sense of uh, uh, biological diversity and other issues that are so basic for uh, studying zoology and botany? Mm. Uh, adapt adaptation to the environment is a very major principle of the study of biology. So that has certainly created a shock. Then uh, many portions in uh, political science textbooks have been deleted. These are portions that uh, are linked to, for example, uh, the murder of Mahatma Gandhi, uh, mm. who was the murderer and what ideology inspired him to assassinate an old man who was uh, regarded as the father of the nation. Well, of course, uh, yes, I mean, the, yes. The, the murderer being a, 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 an RSS um, uh, well, affiliated with the RSS. Yes. Yes, yes a Hindu right, nationalist. Right. So, so that whole uh, debate has revived itself because of this deletion. But not just that, the political science and what were earlier called civics uh, textbooks from the junior levels onwards, which are now called social and political life, from these textbooks, several portions dealing with uh, problems of inequality or uh, caste structure of Indian society uh, or uh, any uh, examples of people's protest against um, such um, against caste discrimination and so on. Many such portions have just been deleted straight away. Same has happened in sociology, senior level, grade 11, 12. Uh, things to do with uh, inequitous uh, policies or inequality among um, uh, between rural and urban or uh, upper caste and lower caste people. Many such portions have just gone out. Mm. What is amazing is that even in geography, several portions have been dropped that had to do with... Um, uh, vegetation or uh, variation in climate in different parts of India uh, and so on and, and parts of the world. Now, what is interesting how the NCRT has justified uh, how, how has it tried to explain these deletions? The mm. word they are using is uh, rationalization. Um, and uh, this term refers to a policy which was adopted about three years ago uh, when 
conditions of uh, the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, had forced the school system to switch to online mode of communication. Yes. At that time, yes, at that time, uh, uh, it was clear that uh, the amount of time available for teaching, explaining, or giving any assignments, that time was uh, seriously curtailed. And also children's and capacity to sort of maintain concentration online and, and, and those sorts of absolutely. concerns. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, and teachers' capacity. Mm. to use uh, smartphones and uh, computers to to explain complex ideas um, was uh, compromised. So at that time, uh, several attempts were made, several portions of the syllabus and textbooks were declared uh, unnecessary for exams. And that was uh, explained as a policy to rationalize the syllabus so that Time-wise, it becomes more manageable. Now, that term rationalization has again been used to say that more recently now, uh, the uh, teachers of various kinds of, uh, at various levels and various kinds of institutions have indicated to the NCRT that the syllabus uh, is still very unwieldy and therefore, uh, deletions will be justified. Uh, and so, in a sense, we are, the system is being taken back to an old debate about curricular burden mm. and how it can be, uh, how it can be reduced. And yes. That is why it's important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we were talking about this, I think, I think last time and, um, you were mentioning how the the old history textbooks, for example, had been very well text heavy and didactic, and that this was a complaint that that, that was um, considered by the committee when it was determining how to revise the curriculum and the textbooks. So you're suggesting yes. that they've yes. they've taken that perhaps you know once legitimate complaint or. Uh, reason for revising the curriculum and are attempting to redeploy it um, for um, perhaps less legitimate purposes. Yes, I think the debate goes back further to a committee uh, which was appointed in 1991 uh, under the chairpersonship of uh, very senior scientist Professor Yashpal. Hmm. Uh, and he gave his report in 1990, uh, 1993 and explained that the sense of burden actually arises from incoherence in uh, syllabus or textbooks. That when children are faced with uh, material that they can't easily make sense of, or when uh, teachers are trying to cover uh, different aspects of a subject uh, which are not properly uh, linked or are not tuned to child psychology of that stage, then children face the uh, kind of stress uh, which results from their attempt to just cram uh, a material that or, or cram the kind of knowledge that they can't really grasp 
Hmm. Right. And so so it's, it's, yes. it's not really, it's not, he's arguing not simply, it's not simply a sense of the, uh, or it's not simply a problem of the volume of text. It's a problem yeah. of the design of the text, its appropriateness to the children's sort of psychology or, or their, 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 the stage of learning at which they are, uh, you know, and, and how the text sort of makes sense or hangs together. Yes, and how it communicates itself. Uh, how, how does it actually... Uh, relate to the child with the help of examples that children can relate mm. to from their own environment mm. and so on. So uh, you put it very right uh, that exactly that was uh, the approach which was recommended by the 1993 committee and on the basis of this recommendation the uh, 2005 national framework attempted to make textbooks more child-friendly or child-centered and redesigned the subject matter of every uh, discipline, um, including science, history, mathematics, political science, and so on. In, a different, in, in different ways, these subjects were brought into a more dynamic relationship with the child's uh, social and natural environment. Examples were drawn from real-life issues and uh, aspects of Indian democracy or aspects of the environment uh, crisis or uh, social issues that, have to, that are rooted in uh, social structures and hierarchies and so on. That's how these textbooks became so dynamic and acquired great popularity among children and teachers in, in very uh, in, in different states in India. Now, that is what has come at, under attack now. Now, why should it happen exactly now is a very interesting question. That all this was tolerated for nearly eight years. And now when the next parliamentary election is around the corner, uh, suddenly this more dynamic perspective has come under attack. And uh, I think the uh, explanation has to be political. Uh, that's the only way we can understand why uh, the concern for this more uh, interactive or you can say more articulate model of uh, democracy mm. is now being kind of uh, seen as a problem for the ideology of uh, uh, a kind of dominant nationalism, majoritarianism. So, so do you think this is a this is an this is an instance of um, Hindu nationalists basically throwing red meat to their supporters, or perhaps red meat is the wrong term if we're talking about high caste Hindu vegetarians? <laughs> but um, is is that what's going on? Well, it's. Uh, I think the attempt is to shift gears. Uh, from an older, more liberal, more critical kind of perspective on education and uh, pedagogy to a more, uh, a, a more uh, top-down kind of pedagogy, uh, which in any case was never fully dislodged by simply the uh, curriculum framework. I mean, pedagogic change takes a long time, and the attempt made in the 2005 
curriculum framework, uh, was just beginning to show some results mm. in uh, certain parts of India. <clears throat> now, in the meanwhile, so many more things have happened, and uh, these things imply that uh, the government now wants to show, the central government now wants to show that education uh, is an important tool of uh, national integration, unity, and uh, ideological control. And uh, I think these are very uh, clear signals of the new policy which has uh, been announced uh, in, 19, in 2020 uh, without taking into account the very diverse demands and voices of the different states of India, many of which are ruled by opposition parties. So, uh, and that's happening both at the higher education level and also at the school education level. So, so, so sorry, do, I mean, moment is a, uh, uh, sorry, but do, I mean, well, one, one thing is that making this change now, I mean, as you said, you know, changes in pedagogy take a long time to work through and certainly to, to have any sort of, uh, you know, effect socially uh, or on the voting age populations, uh, for example, so that changing the curriculum now is not going to, in and of itself, you know, deliver to the BJP uh, a new cohort of loyal voters by the time of the next election in 2024. Um, but uh, is it the case that that? these reforms or, or changes in a sort of Hindu nationalist direction to the curriculum are something that BJP activists uh, in particular have been calling for for a long time and that this is something that to some extent may fire them up or may fire up the BJP's core supporters. Yes, it's a signal to uh, the support base of a majoritarian perspective on India. It's a signal that uh, now the time has come to do something about it. And the signal may or may not have the desired effect, but uh, surely uh, education performs that role. Um, a certain signal was part of the 2005 framework that India is now a nation with a vibrant democracy and therefore it can afford to now move towards more uh, acceptance of its diversity and uh, acceptance of its uh, democratic policy in a true sense of the of the term now that signal is being replaced by a new signal uh, this signal includes glorification of ancient india uh, its cultural achievements its scientific achievements and so on a lot of myth making is part of this well um, while while as you pointed out excluding non-hindu elements of um plus also plus also the idea that india is backward compared to the west mm. that india's relationship with the western world also needs to be now uh, readjusted to a vibrant image of india which is coming into its own as a great uh, global power in various sectors and uh, therefore there is no need for us to now uh, think about either uh, the earlier medieval invasions or the colonial rule period as being necessarily relevant 
to understanding of where India today is. Or to so the idea is of patriotic or, pride. Right. So so that applies also to colonial knowledge like Darwin's theory of evolution, presumably. Very much, very much. Generally, to all aspects of science, this theory will apply that uh, India was actually already a very scientific-minded ancient nation, and the West uh, has imposed its uh, its scientific knowledge uh, in order to prove that India was backward. So you can imagine uh, many of these things are now coming in like Vedic mathematics or uh, Vedic astronomy from ancient times. Glorification mm -hmm. of that period includes all of this, uh, you can say, uh, all of this uh, um, um, preparation of an ideological apparatus that makes children proud of India. Mm. as it now is. So uh, a, a sort of arrogant patriotism and nationalist fervor is the core of this new design, which I'm sure will be expressed more, more fully and more articulately in the new national framework, which has begun to be drafted under another scientist, Professor Kasturi Rangan, and, uh, and, and his colleagues will surely move towards uh, uh, deciding how to articulate this new perspective. Now, whether the states will uh, pick it up and accept it or not is a very big question. Also, I would like to add the fact that many parts of the uh, upper middle classes in India are shifting towards the International Baccalaureate, Geneva-based board, which runs, uh, which affiliates itself to very expensive schools. Now there is a long waiting list of uh, schools in India which want to affiliate with the International Board. Once they do that, then they bypass all these ideological problems and turmoil of Indian uh, policies. Similarly, uh, many schools uh, in India are already affiliated to the uh, board, which is a pr old private board that runs the Indian uh, Certificate of School Education Exam, ICSE it's called. And uh, then there are the state boards, of course. So in this very, um, uh, in this very layered and diverse system, uh, the new ideological perspective of uh, curricular makers at the center will face the challenge of an India where inequality is now uh, getting raised to a new level of uh, higher orders of the middle class attaching themselves to a global uh, system which is very, very expensive and this, uh, in a way uh, over, uh, you know, dispenses with kind of local issues or national issues, and um, other kind, other boards of education uh, will come into come into play in a bigger way um, once these uh, attempt to create a dominant uh, ideological apparatus through curriculum and pedagogy that's uh, that's, that's very interesting so you're 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 predicting that what we're likely to see is an exacerbation of a system that already exists whereby wealthier um more educated 
Indians choose a type of education for their children, which is detached from uh, the Indian context uh, to a large extent, uh, and also detached. Yeah. yeah, and also detached from the curriculum development structures that we've been discussing. Um, so it basically yes, and uh, yeah, it, ba- it, ba- it basically yeah, right. links the Indian elites to a sort of global anglophone uh, community and and, and let the and let the Indian masses get indoctrinated if that is what their yeah. uh, their political fate is. For well, example, in Haryana, uh, uh, state of Haryana, which is close to Delhi, a year ago, terrible textbooks with these kinds of propaganda about uh, West, against Western science, against uh, medieval history, all these were already put into the state board textbooks. And they've been taught now for a year and nobody uh, has actually paid any attention because the higher order of higher levels of Haryana society are just not bothered with the Haryana board. Uh, similar things have happened in Gujarat, in uh, Uttar Pradesh, where uh, already very significant changes have been made for the schools where the masses send their children, the rural masses and the lower, uh, the, the lower socioeconomic classes. So India, as you know, has always operated in this very, uh, you know, multi-level way that the elites find their own ways mm. to look after their children. And, and, and I mean, of course, we can't speculate perhaps about individuals and what choices they're making for their children's education. But I imagine it's probably true to say that a lot of the uh, most significant backers or uh, funders of the BJP are ensuring that their children and grandchildren are not subject to the uh, (laughs) curriculum that the NCERT or uh, Indian states um, are uh, imposing on their schools, that they are studying in international schools that open up a route to Ivy League universities in America or Oxford, Cambridge and so forth. Um, So, yeah, I mean, do you think that's a fair comment? I think you are making too grand a design with very meticulous matchings of uh, parts of the machinery with broader issues of uh, political nature. I think education and politics come together in a more messy way. Mm. Certain things match and certain things don't match. And that's why I've always argued that education is both a means of control and a site of resistance. Uh, because the matching can never be perfect. Uh, and, and therefore, the kind of remark you have made uh, may perhaps be a bit too uh, grandiose and uh, rigid. A little bit crude as a generalization. Yes, yes. It's a, and it doesn't quite match the history of education in almost any country. Uh, if uh, education were such a wonderful instrument of social control, then perhaps colonial education in India would have completely succeeded in uh, su- in uh, subsiding uh, 
any yearnings for freedom. So everyone would have been watching the coronation two weeks ago and pledging the vow of allegiance <laughs> to King Charles III. Exactly. Or any any signs of protest in Africa would never have arisen mm. against apartheid policies in South Africa uh, and so on. I mean, education has always been a more complex uh, site where uh, social forces that want uh, more conservative uh, and more controlling kinds of perspectives uh, to become a long-term policy, uh, such forces are face-to-face with uh, forces that are looking for ways to assert and ways to change and make life uh, somewhat more egalitarian. The history of education, even in Europe, in Germany Mm. itself, I mean, uh, Hitler would have completely succeeded in uh, in just finishing off uh, any protest or resistance to fascism for several generations to come. That didn't happen. No. So, I mean, so so do you imagine or or do you hope uh, that um, some of the, what we might see as the absurdities of the recent curriculum changes, like sort of deleting reference to Darwin's theory of evolution or uh, airbrushing the Mughals out of the, the history of India, that, that this may come back to bite the Hindu nationalists because... You know that information is available elsewhere, and and by appearing to deny it, they make themselves appear somewhat ridiculous. That has already happened. Uh, after these deletions were announced, as many as eighteen hundred senior scientists serving in different parts of India, and many serving uh, government-owned advisory institutions, have protested, have written an open letter. Uh, saying that this idea of uh, dispensing with Darwin is uh, going to be counterproductive because ultimately Indian children have to uh, learn uh, modern science, not just in India, but all over the world. And if they don't uh, study Darwin in our schools, that will be a loss for the nation. Scientists themselves, including uh, state scientists, serving state advisory panels have protested against this. Uh, And similar uh, kinds of voices have come from several states, like Kerala has said, that uh, even though we are using NCRT textbooks at the grade 11 and 12 level, we will not delete these portions about medieval history. Uh, And I I suspect the same will be said by states like uh, Jharkhand, which is a state dominated by tribal people, mm. uh, Chhattisgarh, another such state, which adopted SCRT textbooks in the period I was serving it in, and later on, I'm sure they will have very similar policies. They will say, we will continue to reprint the, the, in the textbooks as they were before these deletions. It's quite possible. Mm. And or they may develop their own textbooks, which is already, ha- I mean, which is the norm in India. Um, Bengal has never shown much interest in uh, central textbooks and so on. So all these forces that have maintained and sustained India's diversity, both in politics and in educational governance, these forces will not just suddenly die. Uh, they will only find new ways to express themselves. Well, they they may not suddenly die, but 
the 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 current administration has clearly been trying to find ways where it can of uh, constraining I, that diversity. Uh, I think uh, I think you are taking a very distant and rather unnecessarily bleak perspective. Okay, I'm glad to uh, hear that. Only, <laughs> only two days ago, um, the BJP has lost a major assembly election in the state of Karnataka. Right. Which you, I don't know if you have caught up with the news. Karnataka is a very major state. That is where India's IT industry is uh, located. It's described as the California of India. Hmm. And uh, that state has squarely rejected the ruling party there. And uh, it's not just a marginal defeat. It's Hmm. a very significant defeat. So I think you are taking a very distant and uh, therefore uh, perhaps not a clear view Mm. of how this 10th year of the present government has begun. Mm. Either it will learn some lessons uh, and will move more slowly and more carefully, or you will see some very significant changes in the the years to come. Mm. Right. Well... I certainly hope that you're right. Um, yeah, thanks very much, Krishna. That's really thanks. fascinating. Um, okay, thanks a lot. Thank you.